Welcome to Ideas Are Bulletproof, a production of the Press Pause Network. Oh no, I was about to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> good evening, good afternoon, good morning, buenos dias, buenas noches. All the usual. Maybe we'll get John, the sound, the uh, tech guy, to uh, to cut that one out, and then no one will know. Just like the uh, the, <laughs> the other episode where we uh, messed it up from the start. It's all good. You need to learn what hello in Cambodian is as well. I would like a couple of more languages thrown into this, actually. That's a good point, though. Just, just a couple more, especially for our coming overlords. Maybe some some Chinese or Mandarin mm-hmm, would definitely. be good. And it's just you know, and there's nothing more um, inclusive than a you know a, a black guy sitting in a white guy's apartment speaking Chinese. I think <laughs> we, it will safeguard against us many of the future uh, attacks on us. Do you, do you want to hear something? Yeah, I can count to ten in Chinese. Go on. Yap sub samsi umlob chapak gazap. I I can't verify this. <laughs> could have been anything. <laughs> That's real talk. Right Is it? There. It yeah. sounded like Alistair Crowley like encouraging people to talk backwards. <laughs> wow, why would you compare me to him? Of all people. That's I don't know. I mean, cold. Cold. How much other things have you uh have you uh can you say in Chinese? Um, I think and why did you learn to count to 10 in Chinese anyway? Um, I, when, spy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> now, nah, um, when I was a child, when I was, I think I was about seven, and there was this uh, this kid just come um, that came into my school, and uh, he was white and he could he could speak Chinese fluently. Wow, and um, so he, you know, we got cool, and uh, he just taught me how to speak to count to 10 and that's always stayed with me so he was a spy probably yes well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we've got to, we've got to get into the uk public school system because that's where the real that's where the real meat of the uk is that's where other you know what are. thinking about it, he left like <laughs> like he just disappeared just men in black just showed up <laughs> at the front of him <laughs> yeah he's, he's got two dads and they're both uh back of a black van no windows <laughs> Oh, crazy. Crazy. I think crazy is going to be the word of the week this, this this week, isn't it? I think I think there's a lot to talk about, I think. He's, he's dragging word of the week, word of the month, and uh, shaping up to be word of the year again. As, as much as it pains me to say, um, I, there is a, a slight, slightly macabre satisfaction in the fact that everything's going as we we said it would and there were so many people last year going oh it's the end of it you know 2020 is going to be a new and there were so many memes floating around on twitter where they were saying oh 2020 is going to be the year we and is it you know we're still in exactly it doesn't feel any different from from where we left it i mean at least we had christmas to look forward to at the tail end of last year and now we've started this year and you can't even make plans for this year in regards to uh you know holidays or um time off or really anything at all it's it's another limbo year for us 
and all of the uh, emergency powers acts are still in place and there's been no talks of them being uh, released or lifted well they voted on again because i remember they were they didn't they say they had to be voted on every six months and that there was talk of them being looked into again but i didn't follow up when they were if they were i, I think they were I think they voted them in for another six months, and I can't remember if that was at Christmas or it was at January time. Um, sure. But yeah, it's. I mean, they were never obviously going to be repealed, um, given the, the 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 plans for this year. This is the this is going to be the. I think last year is going to turn out in uh, in the history books um, if we win, <laughs> um, saying how obviously last year was just the the, the run up, the warm up for this year for 2021 um yeah but as we know history is always written by the victors so i suppose if you never hear about it we didn't do very well no <laughs> and this is it how we all um how we doing how we feeling what we heard He's going first. it's just a sigh isn't it it's, it's whoever finishes the sigh first is the one who gets to go, Chris. There's always a madness. So yeah, I'm I'm all right. I'm I'm optimistic. Um, I'm prepared for whatever's about to happen. Well, I, I don't think you're ever really prepared, but you know, mentally preparing. Um, and yeah, it's just another roller coaster that we're you know we're rolling on. And like you said, um, it's funny how all the things that we were talking about last year. It's now slowly coming into place, and I think there's a lot more people that are starting to see it who weren't seeing it at the beginning. Mm. It's it's starting to impact a lot more people um, now. Unfortunately, it seems the only people who are really um, happy for this to carry on ad infinitum is the the boomers, essentially, who are you know they've got their houses set up, they're mostly retired, and and it, it doesn't mean anything to them. Um, it's a uh, it, it, it's literally non-effectual to most of those guys and it's i mean frustratingly the amount of i'd like to say that their bot bot accounts and their fake accounts and their 77th and they could be i guess but the um the amount of them on twitter that are pop i, I never understand this like if you don't like someone why would you follow them to just combat constantly being combat with everyone who does follow them that's a confusing thing because i don't like boris johnson i don't like mac hancock i don't like chris witty so i don't follow any of them i've got no and i'm probably one of the most at least um at least digitally uh, self-confessed probably keyboard warrior i do like jumping into those um back and forth and it's it's not it's not in a trolling way because i like going into those dialogues and hearing what other people think and then doing that back and forth because sometimes I've made points and someone I'm debating with has made a point back and I'd never heard of it before and I had no notion of his existence um, and then I've had to go on the internet and Google that and find out about it. So they are quite educational a lot of the times um, and still with that slightly sort of masochistic digital view, I don't follow people who i have no interest in who never say and the thing is you're seeing the same people again and again and now go down every single comment and have to put a little jip in there and they're, they're not younger guys you know the guys that are visibly from their profile pictures if it is them are in their sort of late 40s 50s 60s things like that like i said that that kind of boomer generation and um 
Yeah, I, I can't understand why you'd follow someone you've got no interest in whatsoever. But the, the amount of them that are so behind this, so flagrantly, like, I can't wait for these vaccine passports, I can't wait to get the vaccine, I've had my vaccine, loved it, you know, and, and, and more akin to it as well, you're seeing a lot of um, them saying to, to people like me and, and others, you know, people like you deserve to be locked down forever you know if you don't want to take your vaccine then you deserve to be locked down like animals you don't deserve you know basically pick your choice and then live with the restrictions and it's easy to say that when it has nothing to do with them and there's no consequence to them whatsoever they're not at work anyway so they think well you know tell me i can't work i don't work anyway i retired i own my house i paid off all my debts but do it you know it's um but yeah the the, the sheer amount of people that are doing it is frightening and staggering and quite just horrendous to see how well the um division has worked it's it's gone over just marvelously um and obviously it's created this kind of uh uh this echo chamber now where we've suddenly all become responsible for each other's health do you know what I mean I I have to wear a mask I have to take the vaccine because um if I don't, then you're going to get ill or, or other people will get ill. Like these people have that kind of solidarity and they actually care about all the other people. You know, they haven't cared all the flu seasons. Um, I watched a video, uh, the literally probably about an hour ago, um, where a chap was speaking from South Africa and, and saying that um, 55 million people died and there wasn't a mention of it anywhere. Um, and he said, oh, when do you think 55 million people died? You know, do you think it was Black Plague? Do you think it was here? Do you think it was there? And he said, no, it's 2019. So 2019 worldwide, um, respiratory influenza deaths were at 55 million people globally. Um, and there wasn't a peep about it. There was nothing about it. And all these people kind of saying, oh, you, you guys deserve indefinite detention and segregation, uh, a, a, a medicinal pathfight, essentially, Um they're, they're, where were their masks last time? Where was their their outreach and their care and their you know community spirit when all these other people were dying? And again, it's they're effectively jumping on a bandwagon um, alongside the, the the blue hearts for the NHS, which is the the new thing now. Everyone's got to have a you know got to have a blue heart. It's the it's the badge. Um, as soon as I see it, I know to just avoid or to you know to discard the opinion because they've they've never had anything to 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 contribute. Um, every exchange or anything they've written, I've just thought, oh, have, have you actually, someone said, I said one of these blue heart guys said a little while ago when people were speaking about the vaccines, they said no, because any vaccine and, and any drug adverse reacts, uh, reactions, sorry, present themselves in the first eight weeks and um, seeing as they haven't presented themselves and there's no adverse reactions and I just thought, oh, how, how, where, how, when, you know, where, where have you got this information from? Um, but, you know, crazy how many again how many people have uh, come out of the woodwork now and I've, I've, you wouldn't think it would happen again you really wouldn't think it would happen for the for the what would it be i mean how many times have we had genocides and and, and division and all these kind of things but you definitely wouldn't think that this would be possible in this this age of uh of, of wokery you know. It's probably even easier in this age, though, isn't it? Because of technology and uh, mass communication and social media, it's yeah. easy to un unify everyone's opinions and to to homogenise everyone's opinions and beliefs. So, yeah, 
it's yeah, it's 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 awful. It's literally awful. And um, I they they, they obviously they 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 come together. So they I I don't venture on to say Boris's posts and things like that. Um, but I'm sure if I did, it would just be a, a, a massive circle jerk of these guys, um, yeah. talking about you know how it's uh how it's our fault and uh, how and you see that I said it because they're trickling into. To, to talk radio posts and, and, and all these other posts that, that are not really anything to do with it, anything they like. They obviously don't like the content, but they want to come on and they want to have that combat. And they I, I don't know if they think they're kind of virtual vigilantes. Um, but, yeah, as, as so many people, so many people in the truth movement have kind of said it, it almost feels like the time for waking people up is coming to an end now because we're at this place now where if this hasn't woken you up you're probably not going to wake up you're probably too far in now they've, they've obviously there's made it so you have to pick a camp and um there's a plateau isn't there now yeah yeah hmm. absolutely and it's it's really frustrating because i mean i always thought um i was always you know i think with the 9-11 commission report um there was a lot of stuff there that was sealed um, as well as JFK, was the, there were documents regarding it that were sealed for national security. And I think the JFK ones were, they had a 50-year limit on them or something to that effect, 40, 50 years. Um, and then they were reviewed and then put on another 50-year suspension. So, you know, maybe in the, the, you know, the 22nd century, we'll find out what happened to JFK. And obviously, by the, if that happens, but long into that time there won't be any, no one will care and no one will have the power to do anything about it whatsoever. Probably the same way we hear about um, things regarding Lincoln um, and, and all those kind of things. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's. Um, I, I always thought when, when things like that actually came out and we finally had that, you know, that eureka moment that it would be quite bittersweet and that I would finally get to not, I won't use the word gloat, but I will probably be not too far removed from that if I'm being genuine. Um, that we would be able to, I would be able to go to say someone like my dad, who's always basically, when I spoke about 9 11, he's been like, oh, you're mental. You know, they couldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. You're nuts. That I'd be able to go to him and look, say, look, they've admitted it. You know, the, 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 the documents have released. And we have that best moment now, really, where we can kind of come out and say, look, you said vaccine passports would never be a thing. They couldn't be a thing. You know, it wouldn't be a thing. And now we're seeing the gradual instigation of them. And it's not, um, I'm not feeling like I want to click my heels together, if I'm completely honest, um, with the way it's going. I suppose that's always the the uh, the negative with being correct about this particular subject matter is you don't, you don't win from being right. You just, um, and, and again, they don't care anyway. They're quite happy in the the you know servitude and um all, all the kids obviously the people that you kind of the younger guys you expect rebellion from and you expect um some kind of pushback from they've been raised in captivity so they're they're happy with this i went on to with whatsapp obviously doing its whole thing where it's saying right we're going to start making you uh or, or connecting all of your information to facebook and linking all that together to give you kind of like a digital profile. I thought, right, my Facebook has been deactivated for uh, four or five years, probably probably longer. And um, I thought, right, well, now's the time I'm going to go on and I'm going to delete Facebook entirely. I'm going to get all my information off of there, wipe that out. Um, and then even if, if, if WhatsApp pushes through of this, which I think it's going through May now, 
Um, we'll quite happily jump to to Signal. I have no no loyalty to WhatsApp whatsoever. Um, but going on there, it was as you do. You go right. I'm going to delete my Facebook. But you go and you check up on old friends and things like that, people you haven't seen in ages, because that's you know, really any good thing that it is people that I haven't seen in two or three years that went off to university or left and went to other countries and, you know, people I used to be into music with, went to college with, I thought, I'll check out these guys are doing. And it's even on their profile, you know, the um, the rainbow filters over the profile picture and, the, you know, saying, oh, I, I, these people who don't wear masks are just, and I think, oh, God, it's, it's probably lucky we're not, friends anymore because we're I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't want to um get on um with my views and your views being so conflicting um but yeah it's 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 time now isn't it we're we're reaching that that precipice um this year is, is obviously going to be at 2021 where we're going to see the the full plan potentially laid out and it's obviously stuff is accelerating so so quickly it's um as we said in previous episodes, it's it's kind of hard to keep up now, um and find things that are that are relevant to the exact time you have the podcast because it's you know the same day you're rolling stuff out and keeping on top of it is a mountain. I don't think you're supposed to keep on top of it. It's just information saturation, isn't it? It's like I remember yeah, when you two- mentioned that a couple of um well probably a fair few episodes now because we're episode ten um measure of success small celebration, um but yeah when you mentioned a couple of episodes ago about that it, it was literally meant to keep you completely unstable and there was no consistency um, and no place to essentially find your feet. That was quite illuminating to me. Yeah, definitely. Makes sense, doesn't it, really? The, 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 I mean, they call it moving the goalposts, constantly pushing them back and pushing them back, but it does, that kind of chaos is leading a lot of people to get exasperated with the chaotic side of it. It's not only the lockdowns, but it's the constant moving of those goalposts. And obviously the government is quite happy to say, well, if people just follow the rules, um, they, they, they wouldn't need to be moved. The reason the goalposts are moving is because you're not following the rules. You're not doing what you're told to do. And they're, they're only going to turn to to one, you know, one group of people when that happens. Um, and, and part of me, kind of thinks bring it on in a strange kind of way um because most of these people who are walking around and, and, and wearing masks now and rejoicing in this they don't stand for anything at all um and i think that's why so many of them have jumped onto this because this is the the as i've mentioned before this is the biggest this is the closest they've come to kind of some um like a a global like a neighborhood watch uh, a community that they've ever been and they're rejoicing in it it's bringing it's it's at least in the uk it's the new weather it's the new thing that you talk about when you you first meet people you're in you know public transport if anything goes wrong it's like oh it's because of covid oh, i get it understand it you know it's, it's like snow in this country it's the only time everyone's on the same page is when it's snowing uh, and we all understand the and they seem to be loving it. Um, but as I said, at the same time, they don't stand for anything. There's there's no greater purpose behind them. There's no sense of freedom or, or there's no real fight. There's no real passion. There's no heart there. So God forbid we would never want it to come down to an us versus them scenario. Um, 
I never really want that to happen. I never liked, as I said, my, I've got family that is very much on the them camp. Um, and it's the I can understand. Obviously, a lot of people are saying, "Well, I I don't speak to family anymore. I don't speak to friends anymore because they have completely excluded me from their life because of how I think." And I'm you know I'm quite fortunate, I suppose, in that they're willing to to look past those aspects of my belief and uh and 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 carry on um but yeah i really wouldn't want it to get down to a that kind i mean they they probably want some kind of civil war and i imagine there will be one um at one point or another and when it does come they'll happily infiltrate it and steer it in a certain direction they control the the chessboard though that's the thing and it's because they have like we've said before, they have the pulse of the public and they know what we're saying and what we're thinking. So they constantly manipulate and change the narrative in order to fit that. And whenever um, whenever that veneer of the narrative is wearing thin, they just change it. And like you said earlier about changing the goalposts, and yeah, it's, uh, it's almost, it feels like it's almost impossible to um, get around it. Critical thinking. Mm, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's it's entirely absent. Uh, I mean, it's. I, I love the the V for Vendetta speech. Um, yeah. And yearn for it in in real life when he takes over the airways, you know, and says uh, there's something wrong with this country, and I know why you did it. Um, you know, it was safe and it was easy. Um, but if you're looking for the, the, the culprit, you need only look in a mirror. And it's so true because it's, it's our people that have uh, that are allowing this to carry on. You know, if, if people are wondering why they're still locked down, why their children still can't go to school and are facing the, the massive explosion, and it is an explosion in mental health, for, for obviously for children, but for adults as well while businesses are being destroyed, entire industries are being destroyed, economies going downhill. Um, and we're obviously moving into this complete totalitarian pharmaceutical technocracy, then it's you. You know what? It's, uh, uh, in regards to pulling a punch, um, it's hard to do it now. It really is. You know, I, I've always kind of been on the fence and, and said to a lot of, um, a lot of people when we've kind of spoke about it, like I don't, hold it against people who are not kind of awake because there's so much working against them and it's hard. It's hard to, it's really hard to wake up. And once you're awake, it's hard to stay there because it's a, it's a difficult place to be in your life. It, it, it offers you, although it offers you the truth or as close as we can hope to get to it, it offers you nothing in the way of that kind of careless complacency, which means you can just walk around and feel almost whimsically safe um, and, and blissful in the ignorance. Um, and I, do you know what I mean? I, I always thought, well, you know, 9-11 didn't impact everyone in the UK and, and obviously where we live, it didn't impact everyone in America. And 7-7 didn't impact everyone. And, you know, 1976 swine flu didn't impact everyone. And you, you kind of say, well, when it's global and it impacts absolutely everyone, you know, from the from the poor to the rich, then it will be difficult. And I thought that was a time when we would see the great uprising, um, and and there would be solidarity. But obviously, this is 
everywhere. This is the whole world over, and that hasn't come. Um, I suppose the, the, the positive of that is there has been a greater level of awakening than perhaps ever before in history. Um, and our numbers are most assuredly flying up um, because you're seeing a lot of people on, obviously on social media channels saying, look, I, you know, I, I followed the rules. You know, I've been following the rules for six months uh, and I wear my mask out and, you know, I've, I've, I've been back in this. I've been, but I'm starting to get fed up with this now and I'm starting to ask these questions and I'm starting to notice the holes. And yeah, this that's encouraging, but I don't know. I don't know if it's all... Um, I, I don't think it's too late. I'm going to be completely... I don't think it's... Because it, if everyone suddenly woke up tomorrow, it would be over. So it's not a case of... It, even when they instigate their plans, if people wake up, it's over at whatever time they really do it to that's the you know we they're going with the kind of soft kill option um where it has to be drawn out because then you you don't really realize the bars that are, that are congregating around you into your prison cell whereas if they came in with a a, a rampant martial law kind of act you you would kick back you would rebel against that um so it can be over whenever we really say it's over but is reaching out now, and obviously the uh, the reliance on digital, as 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 like you said, Nathan, so it should really make things so much easier to communicate, and we should have so much greater outreach. They're completely controlling that space. It makes 100%. you realise that there. I mean, I've never looked into the internet. I've never looked into the the mindset and the method behind why it was brought in or what the plan was. But it it honestly wouldn't surprise me with the kind of collusion that we're seeing right now, if the, it was a it was a plan. We need to bring in this this other system, this non physical system, um, which we can eventually control. And we'll, you know, we'll make it free for so many years, a couple of decades, and then uh, we'll start drawing the drawing the noose in. And eventually, this is what they'll come to depend on, um, and and find out that their methods of communication are completely censored and restricted mm -hmm. i don't know I was thinking, what what you said a second ago about the internet um if you look into the history of the internet and where it originated um it's interesting because a lot of it comes from darpa and the a lot of the early um developments for the u.s military so yeah that might be a conversation for another episode but i i'll just read um Brzezinski's quote again, if you remember this one. Uh, I said it, I think, in the first, maybe the first or the second talk, but um, he says, uh, soon it will be possible to assert almost continuous surveillance over every citizen to maintain up-to-date complete files containing even the most personal information about that citizen. These files will be subject to instantaneous retrieval by the authorities. And I can't find it. I think I have it written down somewhere. But he has a... He has another quote, um, and he's, he's done some talks about it um, back in the 80s or something like that, where he explains that soon there will be a system, an electronic system. He never named it. He never called it the internet, but he said, uh, yeah, soon there will be a system in place which will, be, um, which will connect the world and allow governments to do this and that. And, well, here we are. And uh, just makes you realise that, yeah, perhaps it didn't come from some 
you know, grassroots place, like typical mm. Bill Gates story or Zuckerberg story. It's just the same with Facebook, isn't it? Yeah, of course we it know. is. That was, I mean, I remember back in the day when the, when MySpace was a thing, you know, MySpace talk. Yeah. And everyone had a MySpace and I was in school at the time and then no one was on MySpace anymore. Like it was just, you could post yeah. a, what was then a bulletin or, you know, what would now be known as a status. Um because MySpace, you would very much post things on your own page and people would have to come to your page to see it. It wouldn't be telegraphed out for them to, to for, for everyone to be reported on and you'd have to post a, a bulletin to let everyone know this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm about. <laughs> Good old days. Yep. Um, and uh, I was, you know, posting stuff out and I was just noticing there's there's nothing, there's no traffic, no one's posting anything. Uh, and my partner at the time, I was like, I don't get it. And she's like, everyone's on Facebook now. And I'm like, what is Facebook? She's like, oh, you know, show me she had an account. And I'd never heard of it. I don't know how anyone else had heard of it because I hadn't heard people at school talking about it. You know, no one's going around saying, you've got Facebook. You've got Facebook. Everyone had Facebook, but no one was talking about Facebook. And there was no adverts for Facebook and there was nothing about Facebook. Um, and I remember looking at the kind of layout of Facebook and being like, but my MySpace is so cool. Like my wallpaper and, and the whole layout of my profile and the font I've got is so cool. I don't want to move to, to Facebook. It's just blue and white. It's like, you know, it's like Tesco value baked beans. There's just nothing there. Um, but obviously I did, um, as did everyone else. But that, you know, to to believe that some guy just made that in his, uh, you know, his dorm room at uni, uh, and somehow it. it just caught fire and the entire world just decided to to jump on it with no real advertising or incentivizing or anything. You know what, poor, poor Tom from, from poor MySpace. Poor Tom. <laughs> I wonder what happened to Tom. He, I really was, he was always a top friend, didn't it? it automatically. I bet he knows. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to Google him now. <laughs> yeah, just to see what became of MySpace Tom. Do you know what? I think one of my first things I did when I actually got Facebook was to search for MySpace Tom and trying to, you know, Tom was your Tom Tom was your friend. Yeah. On MySpace, he was your first friend. It's uh, I miss Tom. He greeted you. Saying that with um was Facebook. Um, funny coincidence. Now that thinking about it, remember the the film The Social Network. Which was based around, wasn't it based around um, Mark Zuckerberg? Yep. Oh, so I've I've just typed it. His name's Tom Anderson, but I just MySpace Tommed him onto Google, um, and it says early life. Anderson's father was an entrepreneur. Uh, as a teenager at his high school, Anderson was a computer hacker under the pseudonym Lord Flathead. <laughs> um, but as a as a hacker, he prompted an FBI investigation raid after he cracked into the security system of Chase Manhattan Bank. Um, he was not arrested because of his young age of 14. But I remember, so this was years ago now, um, there was a, a, a group called, I think they were called Lizard Squad, something to that effect, some nonsense, as many of these hacking conglomerates have. And they hacked Sony's PlayStation network and they filtered loads of details and they took the entire PlayStation network down for, I think, for about a week around Christmas. And it meant that you couldn't go online, you couldn't play with friends. And obviously, at the, the last thing Sony needed, because at that peak high, um, 
when all the kids, when all the parents are buying their kids the PlayStation 4 consoles and the big games, they all went to get online and they completely wiped out their infrastructure. Um, and they went on one of those, you know, those standard, bloody what they called um, propaganda programs posing as morning TV shows. And someone said, like, why? what are you getting out of this? What are you doing? Are you not worried that you're going to get caught? And they were like, no, we're not. Because what happens is when you do big things like this and you get caught, they don't arrest you and send you away because they realise that obviously your hacking abilities are massive. So they just recruit you into these these uh, secret services and these special agencies. And then they will use you to plug gaps in their own infrastructure and use you in kind of espionage and things like that. And he was saying like the guys that, uh, in our own group that have gone to the hacking have literally been uh, finally found, have been arrested, and then they've been made offers from these alphabet agencies. And that's it. That's, that's literally said. They, they, they leave our groups. They don't go to prison. They just disappear into the uh, into the shadows because they're, they're obviously taken on a massive, massive uh, price and, and compensation by these organisations. So saying that old MySpace Tom... Um, managed to crack into Chase Manhattan's bank system and the FBI got involved, um, it wouldn't surprise me if the FBI said, oh, Tom, you know, you seem like quite a guy who could, you know, he's quite savvy on this whole kind of cyber cyber security because there's a lot of, um, I, I don't know how true it is. Obviously, there's the world of the internet is still kind of quite feral in some places, but there's there has been a big rumour for the long, longest time that, that Facebook and obviously Zuckerberg are kind of CIA assets and they were set up by the CIA and the FBI um, to obviously build this this network of faces and data and information. Um, and, you know, that, that I, I can't think of anybody outside of a, a government secret service agency would, that would have that kind of power behind them, that kind of clout behind them to spread that stuff out there and obviously make sure everybody's in them um, and everybody's using their software. So that wouldn't, maybe we've solved the, uh, we've solved the, the who MySpace Tom actually that's was. That's a good analogy. Wow. And also that phony movie and um, the social network, I'll probably explain that why they, they put it out to make him look like, you know, a really good guy and you know, all, all that. Oh. Famous Steve, isn't it? Famous Steve Jobs and all, and Bill Gates, all of these people. Yeah. Absolutely, I know they 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 are just front men, um, but you, you I mean, you still they're still so responsible. And obviously, if they were removed, they'd get someone else in. But there are certain people that I mean, nobody's going to look at Tim Cook the way they looked at Steve Jobs. Um, in that regard, you're not really going to have you know if 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 Facebook had a new people love to hate Zuckerberg, and I can't stand the guy. Um, but yeah, people love to kind of. Did, did either you see the episode? Uh, not the episode, the, the video where it was really weird. Um, I think it was a video regarding MK Ultra, and Zuckerberg was on a show in front of an audience, and he was with another female. I think it was a female or a male kind of interviewer. I'm not sure what they were talking about because it was just the clip of him, um, and they're saying basically you hot, and he's completely animated like robotic <laughs> to the point where he yeah. doesn't know how to respond and they're like do you want to take your jacket off and he's like uh 
And he's looking, you know, he looked like a, a deer caught in the headlights. So you go, no, I'm, I'm fine. No worries. You know what I mean? It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a thing, especially for a guy who's so used to all the, the public speaking as he is. Um, and then he freezes for a couple of seconds. It's all really awkward. And he's like, maybe I should take the jacket off. And he takes his jacket off and he's got this, um, it's, it's meant to be like kind of Facebook's like mantra or credo inside, but it's laid out in like a really rune looking symbol inside of like a circle. It looks really, it does look a cult when you look at it. I remember this, I do. And he I has to explain this. it. And he says, oh, this is our company. These are company Facebook branded yes. jackets. And it's got all this inside. And um, yeah, it was quite creepy. This is what we stand for, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Saying that, yeah, yeah but yeah. there was something going on with him that day for sure. And maybe it was the fact of take you know do you want to take your jacket off and they said I'll oh, just take it off you're looking weird you know but the, the 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 voices in his head because he had an earpiece in were saying like if you don't take it off you're looking strange just take it off and play it off and you know um, maybe it was uh, he didn't want to see circuit board in the back <laughs> he's, he's still still in for maintenance um, but yeah it's, it's it's crazy that he had this this weird, it's just not how you would lay out a, a kind of ethos it's not what you it wasn't the design you would use for a company it looked really as i said it looked really like a like an, a, a rune or an occult uh kind of symbol um a marking um ah oh, do you know what while i'm on that kind of that particular uh tact um you know when you're just on YouTube and you you know you you've watched all of your subscribers, you've watched all the videos that you're going to watch, all the guys, and they just don't refresh, and you've got nothing really to watch. Like I'm 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 a, I don't really listen to music, so I always put YouTube videos on in the background. So if I'm cooking or whatever I'm doing, you know I'll I'll put them on, and then you can quite quickly burn through the 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 stuff you listen to, um, and then you get recommended stuff if you go on the kind of home tab of YouTube, and it was a video about um childhood like poems and things like that that had a completely different meaning to what they were um and one of them was the um ring around the rosy song that obviously kids have been doing forever um in schools and i had always thought that it was about the the black death um and that was that was what it was about um and the chap said that it it the song had existed long, long before the 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 Black Death, long before the plague, um, and it had just been attributed to the plague in like nineteen sixty or nineteen seventy. Um, but it had it was in a a really old poem book that went back several hundred years, um, and then I started doing a bit of research into it, and um, like basically everything, um, it's is basically like a really old pagan ritual. Um, that's gone around, and they used to say, you know, the 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 ring around the rosy was literally like forming a ring of children around a rose bush, um, and collecting the flowers and all this kind of stuff. And they showed you how they've changed the language in it, um, and how it's all completely different. And it was such an interesting read. And they said that this um, existed, as I said, several hundred years, but it's also across pretty much every culture. So, so many people, and it shows you in different languages all the different ways they've been saying it over the past hundreds and hundreds of years. It was really, um, yeah, it was really, really strange. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to when we can kind of go through all the um, all the stuff that we think we believe is, you know, like Christmas and Easter, how we believe all these holidays 
all these traditions, all these events, all these songs that we were brought up with. And I tell you, the, the thing that annoyed me, because I always thought, hang on, they're, they're, when you go to school, when I went to school, I'm sure it's not the case anymore, you go into assembly in the morning and you'd all sit down and then they would put the slide up of Christian songs up and you would all read them and obviously the chap played piano and that was kind of, that was very much, I think, standard fare in a lot of English schools. But at the same time, they would teach you this kind of stuff. So they would teach you a lot of these, as I said, which, which turned out to be sort of pagan rituals and initiations. You know, things like the, the maypole dancing. Um, if you look that back as a quite obvious, and I think that was in, uh, that was in the Midsommar film as well, um, when they literally got them, you know, they got them all to take a, I think they, they made a concoction of tea out of magic mushrooms and when they were completely out of this world, um, made them all, you know, take the take the ribbon and do the Mayflower dance and they got whittled down one after another, after another, after another. And then the winner of that was the one who was basically got to choose which man of the place she went with, was adorned with all this kind of, um, um, you know, the crown of thorns and all the, the floral tie and the floral cloak and all these different things. And it was... Uh, Weird, yeah, very, very weird. But quite looking forward to that, as I said, because it seems um, if if no one talks about it, and obviously, you, why would you? You know, why would you? If you've been celebrating Christmas for your entire life, and they've said, yeah, this is a you know the birth of Jesus Christ, this day, twenty fifth of December, and you go, oh, okay, cool, 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 like, yeah, and and the gift, you know, the gift giving, all that stuff. That's what you're going to associate with. You're not really going to have much of a reason to, to, to look into that kind of stuff and who, who's really interested in presenting it for you. So it would be a good, um, yeah, it'd be a cool episode to go through, I think. Parallel world. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It really, really is. And it's, um, I mean, I put up the other day on our little group, um, just because it, it came to me, I remember the, the I was watching, I'll tell you what it was. Um, I was watching a film on Amazon Prime Video called Greenland um, about a, a, an asteroid impact. And you should, if you've got it, you should watch it. It's a good film. Um, yeah, but I was thinking... I last week. Did you? Yeah. It's good, isn't it? It was, it was all right till the end. I thought the end was a bit quick. Yeah, yeah. They had to rush it through. Um, but yeah, I, I was watching that and I was thinking, right, I'm, I'm always trying to watch films and series now in that more kind of... Um, is it, it's beta, isn't it? It's a, when you're paying attention, it's beta, and when you're switched off, it's that alpha state. When you're just um, so, I always try and watch it. And I'm looking out for these kind of signs and symbols and things like that. And um, it reminded me, obviously, because it was an asteroid and a disaster film. It then reminded me of the film 2012, which was the other um, terrible <laughs> uh, disaster end of world film. And then from 2012, I was like, oh, the end of the world and the Olympics, uh, London 2012, and um, yeah, I went back to that and I had to watch the opening ceremony again because I remember they had a whole section with loads of hospital beds, loads of children in the hospital beds, yeah. loads of nurses dancing and things like that. And um, Which is doing casting yeah, spells. Yeah, of course, yeah. And they had, uh, obviously all the nurses, all the doctors were just dancing and uh, it was very, very reminiscent of all the TikTok stuff that's been going around. Um and I posted it on our group and I posted it on my family group as well, but they had a scene when obviously all the nurses were dancing around and really fluid, really, you know, in time with the music. And they had this really weird, uncomfortable section when the music got quite heavy, quite not, not happy, pop music, energetic. This is the Olympics oh music. Um, but it got quite heavy. 
and a chap got out a hammer and he started hitting these massive bells of this hammer. And then the nurses made this symbol where they put their left hand up straight in front of their face. Um, and then they put a straight right finger into that left hand. Um, and after that, you saw that. And the next thing you saw was they were all moving their heads in these jerky, very not dancing movements all together um, as they were like robots. And it was, I was, watch, I was watching this in bed at like two in the morning with all the lights out. And it was creeping me out because I was thinking this is, I can kind of see what they're implying now. And um, I think it's Revelations thirteen sixteen that says, obviously, no um, man rich or poor unless they take the mark. Now, if you look at a lot of that, if you look at a lot of different versions of that, they say that take the mark on the right hand or on the forehead. Um, but if you look at the um, King James Version, it specifically says nobody who doesn't take the mark in the right hand or in the forehead um will not be able to buy sell or have any kind of you know any kind of basically live a life is what we're seeing right now and that was i was like blown away by that because it's not being funny the um they're they're pushing up the nhs and they are driving i said my partner works in nhs they are driving for the the nurses and the doctors to have the vaccines and be one of the first people to have it and it was the second they put this this pointed straight right finger into the flat palm that they started acting like like robots. It was completely robotic. And the, the, the thing was as well, before this had all happened, the nurses were doing their dancing, all the children come and got into the, the individual beds and the nurses would go and they were reading stories to the kids and comfort them and all that kind of stuff. And then the nurses went to one side when the children were mocking being asleep and the did the uh, did the the mark into the hand and after that while they were acting robotically you had all of these ghouls dressed in black um ripping and roaring through the beds and they were specifically climbing through the bed frames and chasing the children and they were floating in the air on wires not floating as in like we're flying but they were just doing like kind of aerial gymnastics to kind of be like look it's like a you know like almost like you know like the the individual limbs were the the spikes or the spores of the the virus itself and the nurses were doing nothing they weren't protecting it they weren't doing anything at all and then uh you know mary poppins poppins is floated down to save the day but yeah it was quite weird and uncomfortable and scary to think you know oh this is the nhs that's always been looking after you and then we're going to inject them and as soon as they're out the way um then you're gone you know and obviously use the kids as opposed to everyone else because the kids is what they're after ultimately you know the 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 parents are just a short short easy way to get to the kids and the kids are always going to be the um always going to be the target um for, for for all this for this depopulation um which is ultimately what it is um but yeah if you if you have the time to to watch it definitely do go back and watch that because it's as I said, it's uncomfortable watching. It's not nice watching. It's not you when you see the actions of them, when you see the nurses, and when you listen to the music as well. They're not moving in time with the music. It's not nice music. It's not energetic. It's not telling a tale. It's not doing anything. It is literally. They were perfectly fine. They made a pointed finger into their hand, um, and it would have been their. I think it was their right hand as well, which is again specified in the the Revelations verse. 
Um, and then all of a sudden they're all robots just moving as unison, just literally from the from the head up. Um, and it's it's really 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 creepy to watch. Really really, there was a there was a ritual going on then that the masses and I mean I watched it live um, back then, and I had no idea because obviously they tell you what's going on, um, and they told you beforehand this is this is going to be a kind of show and this is what the show is going to represent. And they brought a, I thought at the time, actually, they brought a wizard in, you know, the, the thing was the kids went to sleep. The, um, I think they hid the scene behind, I don't know why they hid it behind Harry Potter, but they had, um, the kids being chased by all these individuals, these ghouls in black, which they, I mean, they don't even, if you, if any, if any fans of Harry Potter, if you've watched the films, they didn't look like the Death Eaters. So the Death Eaters in Harry Potter do wear black cloaks, but they also have gold face masks. And the faces of all these individuals were painted green. Um, and the big Voldemort, the big dark spirit of the wizard that they erected, didn't look anything like Voldemort either. Um, it really, it looked nothing like him. Um, and I remember that being the, um, the kind of coaching for the show. Oh, this is what the show's about. This is what it's going to look like, and it's a, uh, but it had no relevance on anything at all. It was really just, uh, really just a mess. Um, I think Chris is uh, checking it out now. Yeah, no, I'm refreshing my memory on it, man. Just quickly uh, suggest something. Yeah, go mad, yeah, man, definitely. I'm just going to say, like, um, obviously, like, we all know that. Uh, there's there's so many of these rituals going on all the time. They they do it all the time and for everything. But um, the 2016 one was interesting as well because uh, that was almost the. I don't know if you guys did you any of you guys watch it the 2016 uh, Rio Olympics opening ceremony. No, I definitely didn't. Okay, no. well basically it was the. Well, I guess you can go and rewatch that. And in that same light, if you was to rewatch that one, uh, it would uh, definitely kind of reflect a lot of what we've been speaking about uh, mm. from from our original talks and our first talks. Yeah, I found yeah. at the end of the the, the twenty twelve one as well because they had the that was obviously all in their opening ceremony, and obviously this, you've got your opening ceremony where. You very obviously when you watch it on reflection where we are now, it's so obvious. Like it's so obvious, it's scary obvious what they were trying to communicate. And they obviously had to communicate it through an art form and a medium, so it's not gonna be them taking out syringes and putting it in their arm, because you can't do that. It doesn't it's 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 weird. Is the 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 idea is the esoteric nature when the people who know what they're seeing can see it for what it is, and the people who don't know would never be able to piece it together. That's the goal, obviously. That's the, the the secret to it. But they had... Um, go on, Chris. I think you're going to interject. Oh, yeah. No, no. Those who have eyes to see will see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they had... But they had all that for the opening ceremony. And maybe that's for they, where they feel we are right now. And then they had the... Um, uh, the closing ceremony. And in the closing ceremony, a phoenix rose from the ashes... And you could literally see this phoenix and it rose up and it stopped. And obviously the camera followed it rising up and it stopped at a point where you could see behind it a pyramid. But it wasn't just a pyramid. It was a, a compass. So if anyone's seen the Freemason logo and if you haven't, have a, have a Google of it, you could see that it was the, the compass from the Freemason logo behind them. 
and it specifically had a the the kind of like orb at the top of it where the you know the compass would retract and uh, and the the markings on it as well and it was obviously saying that we're going to tear this system down we're going to destroy the NHS we're going to send this virus out represented by these ghouls and then at the closing ceremony of it we're going to rise from the ashes we're going to build back better we're going to have our great reset or our great work and it's all going to rise from the ashes and obviously they had to put the Freemason logo behind there so you knew oh who who the phoenix represents who's rising from this new something, system something that's interesting though is um, it's so you had the phoenix then you had uh, in the 2012 Olympics, so then in the 2016 Olympics in Rio, you had the the big push of basically Agenda 21, um, and that's where Agenda 21 was originally uh, written up as well after the uh, Rio Earth Summit. Really? And yeah, so then 2020, it was supposed to be the Tokyo Olympics, which that would have worked out pretty well because in the Tokyo Olympics, you would have been shown what sort of society you are to live in. So you come out of 2012 um, with the Phoenix rising, 2016, you're being shown why. 2020, you would have been shown the system uh, you're, you're going to be living in, basically. Uh, that's my theory anyway, because obviously being Tokyo, the, the kind of model... Um, it makes absolute sense, doesn't it, really? Because it's kind of saying, it's kind of saying how... 2012 why 2016 yep. and then 2020 you're in it you know it's, yep, it, it. It, you're, you're 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 stuck it's like giving yep. you you know the two pieces of it yeah so, i was just going to say i've got to, I just want to read something i'm trying to sorry i've literally just lost it you can you can carry on speaking if you want until i find it yeah i think um, cause is that the 20 sorry chris has got the is that the phoenix yeah you can see can't you though it's uh how how obvious it is and the camera angles even i was going to say well well nathan finds his his uh quote um even when the nurses did it you'll see it in the video i sent out they pan from the triangle the pyramid on top of the stadium and they pan down to the nurses who are then doing the robotic head movements so they're again they're saying look it's us it's the 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 the, the pinnacle at the top ruling the massive bottom at the base and we're going to do this to the nurses. And it was, I would love to completely be able to unwrap or I would love to have one of these guys um, sit down and talk me through their entire, you know, the entire three hours or so that the opening ceremony completely went on for um, and, and understand all these things in absolute. Because you can, I mean, when you do enough reading, you can piece together a lot of this stuff. And a lot of it is is yeah is is really never there to 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 make sense to you. It's something you're never going to understand. Um, and again, I think maybe a lot of the masons themselves at the up to the third degree um, will have no clue whatsoever what they're looking at. They they I mean they believe they're in a fraternity like a boys' club. Um, yeah. And then, but the, obviously the guys at the top definitely do know what they're looking at. So the uh, the quote. So it's from a book called Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare by Michael Hoffman. And there's a chapter called The Revelation of the Method. And hold on. So I'm jumping in to like halfway through the chapter here, so it's not really going to make any sense. But anyway, it says, In the brilliant wordplay of the mythical Masonic figure, Dr. Syntax, we come to the current unfoldment in Must Be, 
an alchemical uh, alchemical term, Mister Downward translate as the translates as the revelation of the method. This alludes to the process wherein murderous deeds and hair-raising conspiracies involving wars, revolutions, decapita- and decapitations, and every manner of horror. Uh, sorry, every manner of horror show are first buried beneath a cloak of secrecy and then when finally accomplished and secured, slowly revealed to the unsuspecting populace who watch deep frozen as the hidden history is unveiled. Yeah, so. Wow. It's all there, isn't it? That's, I mean, it's, <laughs> so that, that, that author, um, do you know who he was? Like what, what position he kind of held in the world or what his career was or anything kind of about no, him? So- so Michael Hoffman's just an author on uh, on, on these subjects, but the actual reference I couldn't tell you. Um, I'm afraid because I, I literally just I have this just as a reference, just that little snippet there. It is, I always it's, it's a massive part, time. isn't it? When people always kind yeah. of go right, so you know, let me get this straight. They do this stuff, and then they just leave the breadcrumbs out there for you, you know, Mister Conspiracy Theorist, Mister, you know. Google yeah. graduate to find and it's like yes it's, it's the, the thing people don't understand with a lot of these guys and again this is why coronavirus doesn't make sense is they don't think like we do at all they're not on the same wavelength that we are and again when you when you don't think of people as people and you've been bred that way you know you've got these you know soldiers these child soldiers in Somalia who are you know five and six years old they're given an AK-47 put in their hands and they they you know they execute people and they fight and they kill and they and they're absolutely fine with it and they grow up and they carry on this chain of when you're brought up like that to see other people as a, essentially vermin that can never rise up that can never you know that uh, again this is why I I always struggled and this is what I kind of mentioned earlier when I said to when I said on here that I'm you know I'm I'm if it comes down to a civil war, if it comes down to a fight, that these people that we go against have no flame, no fire, no passion, no energy, no anything. It's a constant kind of guilt circle that you're trapped in. Because at the same time, I'm like, these guys have not been given the truth from the get-go. And then you also go down to, but then how do you know? You know, what's the difference between you and someone else? It's just that you're willing to listen, you're willing to be open. And I'm open to both sides of it. Um... And someone else just isn't. They're just closed and they remain closed. And I, I, I do wonder if that's purely a, a defense mechanism or if that's down to, I mean, for, for all we know, and this is obviously, this is complete me just um, kind of freeballing it, so to speak. But we don't know if there is an agent or if there is a medium a pharmaceutical medium or a chemical medium where they are making a lot of people a lot more docile, a lot more agreeable, a lot more suggestible. Um, It reminds me actually, Bill Gates, I have a video that I've kept um, and you can probably still find it if you dig around enough. But there's a video from Bill Gates where he's doing a pitch to the CIA um, and he has created um, a an agent that you can put into and he says when the when the CIA says look how can we put this agent into people 
He says, well, what you can do, spread a, 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 an influenza strain or say you spread an influenza strain and then put this agent in the vaccines and get everyone to get the vaccines and then this agent will be in their system. And the whole agent was, he said, I've created a chemical that attacks the the the, the predominantly religious centres of the brain, the, the part of your brain that's that's usually involved in spiritualism, um, theism and, and, and general belief. Um, it can attack that and it can kind of damage it, shut it down, censor it, all that kind of stuff. And, and this was a, this sounds crazy. I know it sounds, you know, even saying it, it sounds crazy. But this is Bill Gates on camera making a pitch to the CIA. Yep. And they're, they're saying, you know, well, what, what what's the application of this? He said, well, you can use this in the Middle East. So where you're fighting religious extremism and fundamentalism, you can literally spread a, an infectious agent over the Middle East. You can t- get the Middle Eastern government, because they, they're puppets, they're puppets regimes, obviously, to roll out this vaccination. And then you can inject all these people with this vaccine to save them from this, this horrific influenza. Um, and then that's it. The, the, the fundamentalism ends because it's destroyed that, that aspect of their, their brain. And that's that was... I don't remember he looked really young in that. He probably that had to be at least twenty years old, at least twenty years old. Um There was I was gonna say there was some skepticism on in whether that actually was him or not. So just to put that out there, but it's it's uh even so it's not yeah. doesn't really take away I mean, said yeah. we know those things said by other people too. That's that's of course, yeah. Really I mean cool. looking at it, I looked at some pictures when he was younger. Uh, and looking at it, and it's quite clear footage. It's not really blurry footage. It's quite well done. Um, it looks good. It looks, I mean, it looks like him. It really looks like him. It sounds like him. It sounds like his young self. It doesn't sound too far removed from him now, obviously, absent the, the 20 plus years he's aged. Um, and and again, there's going to be, when, when something like that comes out, there's going to be people that are, you know, gatekeepers essentially saying, oh, that's not him. That's, uh, it's just a bit of you know CGI, and it, you know what? Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's not him. But the fact that the CIA granted an audience to someone who, even if it's not Bill Gates, you know, I could never get in front of the CIA. I could never get in front of DARPA. I could never get in front of any of those organisations unless I had made a weapon, a provable weapon. Uh, and the chap that was or was not Bill Gates said that it was patented, it had been tested, it was ready to effectively go um, in that interview. Um, and that's disconcerting, um, as and of itself. So it's quite, it's quite unusual. But yeah, it does make you, um, it really does make you kind of wonder what, what if you know if you're if you believe the way we do, what separates us from everyone else? Um, and again, maybe it's not their fault that they're kind of stuck in this because it could be, it could be effectively that whatever they're they're firing out, we are, what should we say, mentally allergic to it. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't impact us. It doesn't impact our physiology um, in the way it has others, and that's why we're kind of outside it. And obviously, you would want to get. You go look. We're going to miss five percent of the population because no drug is going to work on everyone. Um, but we'll get ninety-five percent coverage. Um, we obviously know there's um, fluoride in the water, and all all the effects that that has. Um, so maybe it could be fluoride and a combination of, of other things. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to, it's quite interesting to think about. And it's, as I said, it, it does put this quite difficult um, 
he does put this quite difficult idea in your mind, this notion in your mind where you think, well, are they just, are these people just ignorant or is it that they don't want the, the paradigm shift in their life where they go from safety to being unsafe and unsure and on, you know, a, a, an unsteady foundation um, or are they physiologically not able to, to do this? It's not something they can break through. I mean, I've always found that people tend to stay where they are. Um, I haven't in, in, I mean, I've, I've been following this since I was probably 15, 16, I would say. Um, and I would say in, in 30 now, so I'd say 15 plus years of going at this, having loads of talks, having loads of talks uh, with, you know, friends, family, strangers, all sorts of things. I've never seen anyone make a big move. Do you know what I mean? If someone's entrenched in wanting to basically stay in the matrix, that's where they stay. And they'll do that kind of pleasantry. But they're like, yeah, I could see, yeah, mate. You know what I mean? There, you, there isn't really a shift in their thinking. It's more so that they're just trying to not insult you. Um, there's been people in the middle that they're kind of open, but they're not open to all of it. And they're quite flexible. They'll listen to you and they'll take it on board. Uh, my younger brother is one of these people. Like he's, you know, he's quite sceptical. I wouldn't say he's quite... He's in his mindset where he's like, you know what, I don't, I'm not doing it. I don't believe in a vaccine. I don't think we need it. I don't know why they're doing it, and I don't necessarily believe that there's anything greater going on behind the scenes other than it's just about kind of money. But that's, you know, uh, those people are quite cool because at least they listen and at least they're open to, to some kind of discourse. Um, and then you get the guys that ask, and, you know, I, I would like to think we're kind of as switched on as you could really be with it you know in regards to that we're we're chasing it we're pursuing it we're always looking it up we're always looking for that that those we're always looking to fill in the rabbit holes that they've just left everywhere over over existence over life um over humanity um yeah i, d I don't know i really don't know as i said it's it's a it's, it's so difficult to 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 know where to go anymore isn't it it's quite a difficult difficult no to, to know who the enemy is um in the grand things yeah. and obviously they'll, they'll we'll probably end up with far more enemies going forward than we have had just one central they've i hate them but they've done a fantastic job of this um i can't i can't really think how this could have done better than what it has done it's perfect they've had a lot of practice too much <laughs> practice yeah absolutely um I'm going to duck out a bit because I've done an awful lot of talking. Now, if you've got anything you want to chuck in, uh, feel free to to hot the mic up for a bit. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just last week we spoke about a few things, and I said to, I said that uh, I wanted to correct some things, or I wanted to plug some things in. Um, one of them was in regards to the Australian bushfires, and it's really interesting because. I tried to look for the information that I found before and read before um, to back up what I said, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And all I could find was fact checkers saying that what basically what I said wasn't true, and it's all conspiracy nonsense, basically, which made me laugh because I just thought, yes, just uh, I remember reading it all when it happened back in, God, was it through 
it was up until April, wasn't it? Last year? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, something like that. But um yeah, supposedly it's all it's all been fact checked now and uh it's all everything that I said was false. So I must be shredding disinformation. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's the first thing. And secondly, I just wanted to um just wanted to go through a few things just briefly. So when we were talking about geoengineering last week, so just to back up what I'm talking about and what we were talking about, um, I have a load of actual US patents in front of me. Um, one of them's called uh, USRE29142, Combustible com- Compositions for Generating Aerosols particularly suitable for cloud modification and weather control and aerosolization process. <laughs> That's a bit of a mouthful. Um, the invention relates to combustible compositions consisting of or comprising mixtures of one or more easily oxidizable powdered metals and one or more powdered oxidizing agents, which mixtures are able to, be generate, uh, to generate aerosols to be employed in particular, to control and or modify weather, such as to clear fogs, to modify clouds, or to prevent hail. And there's lots more. It goes on and on and on. Um, so that's one of them. And then the other interesting one was um, the one which, which we were actually talking about last week in regards to aluminium. So, one second, sorry. So, since 5003186, March 26, 1991, uh, stratospheric Welsh seeding for reduction of global warming. A method is described for reducing atmospheric or global warming resulting from the presence of heat trapping gases in the atmosphere from the greenhouse effect, blah, blah, blah. Um, hold on a second. I'll get to the next bit. Um, hold on. Yeah, so part three, the method of claim, uh, claim one, wherein said materials comprise of aluminium oxide and thorium oxide. So, yeah, so that's like an actual patent that's, um, that's used for stratospheric aerosol geoengineering. So, yeah, I just, uh, just wanted to mention those things just to, Covered see, what we were speaking about last week. See the thing I don't know if you about that, but see the, the thing about that, right? Is that um, obviously I I haven't seen the film, but I do. I am aware of it um, of what it was about or what it was meant to be about. But then they literally just um, put this out in that film. Gerard Butler was in Geo Engineering, or was it Geo Storm? Was it something like that? Oh yeah, Storm. How funny! Yeah, yeah, that was awful. That was honestly one of the most. That was one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. I heard it was awful. Did you, did you watch it? <laughs> no, no, I didn't watch it. I watched the trailer and I was like, I can't, I can't watch. It, <laughs> it looked terrible. It was just like satellites falling out the sky, and then realize how many films they've kind of made about, um, obviously with not just sort of human disasters, natural disasters, but how they've done. Um, I mean, it works, doesn't it, really? They've done so many films about tornadoes, volcanoes, asteroids, these things. Um, 
and then moved on to climate related issues and then they yeah. all kind of linked together and saying well if the yeah. climate wasn't a mess you wouldn't have had this tornado this wouldn't have erupted all this just just absolute nonsense i watched um i didn't watch it but i, I wanted to go back to the i am legend um scene where they talk yeah. about the the cancer cure and uh yeah. it's, it's so it's so awful because they're talking obviously to the the newscaster is talking to the the, the clinician that's that solved this and um she says right so tell me how this virus works you know how the how the cure sorry how the vaccine works um and she says well we don't um we don't inject them with like a live cancer thing like we don't we don't we we basically um how did she phrase it she said well if you think of a if you think of a car driven by a really bad driver speeding down the motorway and how much damage that can cause and she said imagine if you take that driver out and you put a cop there and she says that's what we're doing so we're putting the uh the good driver in the cells um of these patients and then the nurse mm. says oh how many uh, so you've had 10,000 and you know 93 cases and how many of you how many people have survived with the vaccine? She's like 10,093. And she goes, oh, so you've cured cancer then? She says, yes. But it's so interesting that they were so obviously talking about mRNA, can never say it off the tongue, vaccines back then. Uh, and this film was long before. So I think they were doing vaccine research on cancer, um, mRNA vaccines in 2016, I think they were. Um, but this was probably long before this kind of come out. But it's... It was so obvious that they were kind of seeding um, messenger RNA vaccines all the way back then, and obviously we turned sorry, sorry that that uh, that film turned out. You know what? Can I just can I just make a quick point about that? Um, just going back to um, um, the Bill Gates video um, about the the agents. Um, your point um, just there um, about you know putting the good cop in and taking the bad one, the bad person out, kind of thing. Another agent. Um, so I I just finished watching um, The Walking Dead, and uh, obviously it's a it's a very very big um, big series, and I loved it. It was absolutely I loved it. But one of the things that I look about is that when I see people wearing masks, I see them as zombies, and uh, and just that point there, I don't know why. It's just kind of like you know, if if they're taking something out and they're putting something in and you're 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 basically becoming a zombie basically and mm -hmm. uh and obviously the you know they tell you these things in in these programs in these films and and yeah it's just it's like living the reality right now i always found that you know with uh, i can't remember we mentioned it a couple of hours ago but it was um with the, the whole zombies and zombies were the thing for so many years um, and it was basically, like so much was, it was the idea of this infection. You know, you need to stay away from the infected. You need to stay away from the zombies. Um, and obviously the zombies, it was always like, don't let them bite you. Don't go near the mouth. You know, don't, don't. And that was the same thing. Now they're putting the masks over everyone's mouths and being like, you need to, you know, if you cough or sneeze, as long as you've got a mask, it's fine if you haven't. And it is really, it has been sort of, you know, Pavlovian conditioning in a way to, to link it. With, with zombies to kind of what's going on now and it's i mean it's got people absolutely fascinated by the the idea of a uh 
a pandemic. Um, people feel that they're, you know, it's quite a few, people feel that they're already and tuned up. Um, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, zombies come along. Oh, I'd be all right. I'd be, you know, you wouldn't. <laughs> you'd, you'd be just as dead as everyone else. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's been so much woven into the media that on retrospect, it it doesn't seem that it's merely coincidental for a lot of stuff. It doesn't really feel like that. Um, it's all predictive programming, isn't it? To create, um, it's to form your response to certain situations, isn't it? So a lot of the time you watch these films, they've always got scenes on, um, I don't know, it kind of gets you to think what you would do in that scenario. And I think it's all propaganda, isn't it? It's all shaping, uh, yeah, shaping where our minds are to go when we find ourselves in those situations, if that makes sense. Because there's all the predictive programming about uh, martial law and, um, you know, they're being a police state and whatnot and yeah, vaccine programs and so on and so on and emergency powers acts. And so when it happens, we're kind of like, Oh yeah, well, when can you remember in that film? Like, can you remember in contagion this happened and the world health organization come forward and they did this and the UN made a speech and said that the world needs to do this and that. Like it's all, yeah. uh, All of these films are produced by Hollywood and they're produced by big, conglomerates and it's, they're not they're not produced to entertain you yeah. all of these films are produced to uh yeah, shape your minds That's i was going to say like. as well the the um if you look at any kind of uh history on pagan beliefs uh, but also druidry and witchcraft there was one specific wood that was always used to make um, idols and carvings and wands and all these different things that were occult and apparently magic symbols and it was the, the wood of the holly tree so yep. you know you've the, 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 the even been the name in hollywood churning out this these conditionings these uh you know what what is really akin to spells um to 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 mind control um yep. to, to to steering and influencing and rituals is is no real kind of surprise when you look into it. I said, really kind of looking forward to the episode where we can kind of, um, it's probably going to have to be a couple of episodes. Isn't it, it probably is going to have to be a couple of episodes. Yeah. It's, um, I think if you look at anything, um, if you look at anything individually, uh, so, I mean, if I, I, I go back to what I mentioned before about the Olympics. So if you were to look at the nurses and you go, Oh, maybe. And then you look at the, uh, you know the virus, maybe the the the, the gesture into the hand, maybe the, the phoenix rising from the ashes, maybe. Um, I mean, for me, that's an awful lot of coincidences in quick succession. Um, and uh, you know, I I I said to my family, oh, the, the thing you have to realise is that they there's lots of people that will go through and they'll learn these things and they'll go, oh, this is about control and it's about power and it's like. They've got control and power. You know, you, they've shut the entire world down and destroyed the economy and will destroy the global currencies. Uh, and they've taken all your rights away and there's nothing you as an individual can do to take them back. And you're saying they're doing this for power. Like, there is no greater power than what they have right now. You know, they, they really don't need power. Um, they don't need the money because they print the money and the money means nothing. 
You know, if the, if the, if the, the fact that every country is in pretty much astronomical and insurmountable levels of debt that can never be built up, that can never be returned. Um, it's, it's not about money. Money's just for us. It's just obviously to keep us. It's to stop you from doing all the things that would better you. It's to stop you from reading. It's to stop you from uh, bettering yourself as an individual and opening yourself up and just generally, I mean, being a better person. I mean, just in lockdown, if you think how many people have, how many people do you know, I mean, I had a, a, a chat with uh, work colleagues the other day because we have to have these kind of check-ins. Um, and one of the, the, the bosses went around the group and said, oh, guys, tell me what you're doing. And one guy said, yeah, I've been cooking. I've never cooked in my life. I've just decided I want to start cooking now because, you know, it's uh, I've never had the time to do it. I've always liked it. I've never had the time to do it. Um, so, yeah, I've started cooking. My myself, I've started painting and getting back into music, which is something I just haven't had the time to really pursue for um a fair while um and when you're given the time there's an awful lot of ways you can fill it which are really fulfilling and enjoyable and give you a skill and uh, a sense of accomplishment something that you can hand down as well where if you're you know nose to the grindstone 40 50 hours a week for minimum wage it's just enough to pay your bills and then there's a little bit left over for enjoying yourself but not enjoying yourself too much you know, so you can maybe um, have a couple of nice meals and then that's you done for the month. Um, and, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's pretty much how, um, when they say, oh, it's about money, they don't need money. You know, the royal family, does, Bill Gates doesn't need money. Bill Gates is buying up so much farmland right now. I think he's, I think he's America's second largest landowner now, I think, by yeah, I think he is. Um, in terms of civilian, not um, not governmental, but he's now in this pandemic has pushed himself to one of the largest landowners in the world. Um, and you have to think, oh, I don't know if you guys saw the other day. Um, he's said that he can effectively end world hunger by creating um, burgers and sausages out of insects. And he said that, that they're going to be an invaluable source of protein to the... Um, less developed countries um and you just think oh bill all right when was a how many maggot burgers have you eaten bill you know how many are you going to consume yourself um but it goes into it goes into this the fact that that he sees them as 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 second and third class citizens so he's happy for you to have these you know these patties made out of ground flies and maggots and lava worms and he these this isn't me being hyperbolic either he mentioned all these is that I can make sausages out of lava worms. I can make burger patties out of maggots. It's not just me being inflammatory. Um, but again, let's... <laughs> of course, there'll be the stage photo like there is with the vaccine when they'll be like, Bill's eating one of his burgers right now and it's going to be like premium grade Wangu beef from, you know, Japan. It's not going to be there's not gonna be a fly near it or anybody who was, you know, served up by his private chef and it's going to be, Bill loves it. You know, it's good, it's good enough for Bill. It's good enough for you. Um but yeah, the notion that sorry, a bit of diatribe there. But the notion that they need money, power, and control is just nonsense. If you look at it at face value, it's it's nonsense. It's of course it is. Um, and there is a much much deeper spiritual um, underpinning behind this. Um, and you normally see not that it doesn't affect Islam and it doesn't involve the Quran, but you see that it is 
biblical a lot of the time. And maybe maybe they're just trying to... They, I don't know why someone would do this. This sounds a bit sadomasochistic, but maybe they've got together as this very rich, ruling elite, and they've gone, oh, you know the Bible. Should we do everything we can possibly do to, to make it look stupid? And can we, should we just, you know, all the things that he says that we shouldn't do, should we do them and have a great big low about it? Which seems like an awful waste of time for these billionaires. Um, and, but that, that does seem what they're meant to do. As I said, you, you, you take all those kind of things, the, 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 the mark in the, in the hand, so the, the uses of in the hand that the, uh, the Bible mentions, but you've also got, Bill Gates, along with Gavi, working against the, um, working to make a underskin transdermal uh, vaccine record. So they inject you with a certain color ink, very similar to what would look like a, you know, but if you can imagine a kind of QR code where you can scan it and it would instantly take you to someone's vaccine records, they're patented and being worked on right now so that's not science fiction that's not again not hyperbolic not inflammatory that's bill gates has the patents to them he's working on them now and you go okay what's that got to do with anything biblical whatsoever and then you look at the pattern number he's chosen for it which is uh hr 060606 um and the ink so there's many bioluminescent inks that won't show up until a certain light is shown over them and uh could have used any of them but he's manufacturing his own one and working to build that one up called luciferase and you just think this is mad this is absolutely you know this is this is this is nuts um and it very quickly kind of appears that there is there's definitely more of a, a spiritual need and again that's that's what is motivating these guys i don't think that you know what they say you know uh power corrupts Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. I don't think that many of these guys could be... Uh, let's take uh, let's take the Rockefeller family, for example. When Nathan mentioned the Rockefeller family um, and the Carnegies and, and that alliance where they came together um, in, in one of the earlier episodes, um, I was looking into the Rockefellers and one of the articles I said was, no one can seem to understand how the Rockefellers, unlike conventional rich families, have held together so perfectly. Like there's there's perfect harmony and has been across the generations. And they said normally when you have rich families, you see a lot of infighting, you see a lot of squabbles, you see a lot of breaking apart. Um, and that's probably true on the, um, the you know, you get a family that wins the lottery. Um, you, you normally see they have to have financial experts have to help them because they can't control themselves, they can't control how they live. And it, it normally falls apart. Um, people can't really control money. Um, and it does very strange things to people and obviously those around them. Um, but yeah, they, they, they were reporting on how remarkably over generations and generations they've just held together and, and no one knows what they're really worth. Um, and that's the same for many of these companies. If you look at the wealth goes back a long way. Um, and there is definitely something, uh, there's a, a, a mindset that, that is pushing these guys towards something that's a little bit more than just, oh, we want money, we, we want power. You know, there has to be um, because they have it. You know, there's there's no no one could touch Bill Gates right now. You know, if, if, if you're talking about power, Bill Gates has that power to click his fingers and someone anywhere in the world pretty much disappears. Um, such are his finances. Um, and you'll never get to him. You'll never touch him. Um, and if that's not power, I don't really know what is. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that's, that, that's absolute power. 
Um, and it's not that there is a, it's not that there's one solitary goal to be some kind of supervillain, um, because all these guys are working together. You know, they're not they're not going out individually. They're not double crossing each other. They're not trying to undercut each other. They're all working in parity with one another. Do you think that um, Bill Gates uh, has got that sort of power, um, especially like you know where you know this untouchable power? Uh, mainly because he had three pies thrown in his face. <laughs> <laughs> He's Sam, that's where he got his superpowers from. Yeah, there's not a spider bite radioactive. It's he don't want that happening again. Radioactive pie. <laughs> Do you know what? I love that because I, I, I like the idea um, that that will always sit in his mind. Do you know what I mean? Whenever he's walking through an audience... And he thinks, oh, I'm invulnerable. Like, no one's getting... He's always going to remember the pie. The pie... Like, all of these guys should be knelt down uh, and have uh, some some horrendous things chucked into their face. But, yeah, I, 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 I love that. I love that he got pied. I love... Um, if any of you guys want a good channel on um, uh, YouTube, uh, Truthstream Media um, have done lots of videos on Bill Gates. But they did one where they made the... Uh, the pie smash like a, a central part of the video and must have played it dozens of times and it was you'd think it'd get boring but it didn't it was quite quite stimulating but yeah we'll um outside of obviously touching base on some of that stuff as i said we'll um we will have the episode where we do a, a big deep dive on their it's, it's a it is a religion it's um their their religion or their cult um kind of why they're doing what they're doing or, or what the, the mindset is behind it and what makes them think they have the right to do it. Um, yeah, we'll do it. It's going to be a good episode. Though. I said, it's probably, as Nave says, probably going to be a couple of episodes because it's, it's, it's going to be heavy. It's going to be really heavy. Definitely. Right, I've got some... I have uh, something to read. If, yeah, uh, do it, do it. What, um, depends how long yours is going to take. Obviously, it's going to take all your time, but I've got a book... Um, and it goes over a lot of the a lot of stuff we've been talking about, but in a, a lot more of a uh, kind of formal way. But it's just a few bits I've highlighted, which I thought were quite relevant to what we've been speaking about recently. Yeah, absolutely, definitely go through them. Okay, so it's called uh, so the book's called "The Rape of the Mind" by Juiced Nolu, who basically. Uh, he he studied totalitarian regimes and uh, different governments and so on around the world, and he comprised this book, basically speaking about um, the psychology of brainwashing, um, totalitarianism, and so on and so on. Uh, anyway, I'll get into it. Oh, one second. Sorry, should you really prepare better? Shouldn't I? For this? Anyway, so. first part is uh, page 46, mass conditioning through speech. The basic problems for the man, for the man tamer are rather simple. Can man resist the government bent on conditioning him? What can the individual do to protect his mental integrity against the power of a forceful collectivity? Is it possible to do away with every vestige of inner resistance? Pavlov had already explained that man's relation to the external world and to his fellow man is dominated by secondary stimuli, the speech symbols. Man learns to think in words and in the speech figures given him, given him. 
and these gradually condition his entire outlook on life and on the world. One second. In a simpler way, we may say, he who dictates and formulates the world and phrases we use, he who is master of the press and radio is master of the mind. In the Pavlovian strategy, terrorizing force can finally be replaced by a new, a new organization of the means of communication. Ready-made opinions can be distributed day by day through press, radio, and so on, again and again, till they reach the nerve cell and implant a fixed pattern of thought in the brain. Consequently, guided public opinion is the result according to Pavlovian theoreticians of good propaganda technique. And the polls uh, and the polls a verification of the temporary successful action of Pavlovian uh, machinations on the mind. Sorry, it's a bit of a read. Such is the Pavlovian device. Repeat mechanically your assumptions and suggestions. Diminish the opportunity of communicating dissent and opposition. This is a simple formula for political conditioning of the masses. This is also the actual idea of some of our public relation machines who, who thus hope to manipulate the public into buying a special soap or voting for a special party. A Pavlovian strategy in public relations has people conditioned more and more to ask themselves, what do other people think? As a result, a common delusion is created. People are incited to, to think what other people think, and thus public opinion may mushroom into mass prejudice. Sorry, it's a bit long-winded here. I'm trying to get through them as quick as I can. Oh, you're fine, bud. So, just let me know how we are for time as well. But uh, The next one is political conditioning. Political conditioning should not be confused with training or persuasion or even indoctrination. It is more than that. It is taming. It is taking possession of both the simplest and the most complicated nervous patterns of man. It is the battle for the possession of the nerve cells. It is co coercion and enforced com conversion. Instead of conditioning man to an unbiased facing of reality, the seducer conditions him to catchwords, verbal stereotypes, slogans, formulas, and symbols. Pavlovian strategy in the total to totalitarian sense means imprinting prescribed reflexes on mind that has been broken down. The totalitarian wants first the required response from the nerve cells, then control of the individual, and finally the control of the masses. The system starts with verbal conditioning and training by combining the required stereotypes with negative, positive, stimulus, pain or reward. That's the next part. Hold on. A little bit further along. It's a very dry read, but I just thought there's a lot of good bits in it. Okay, so. Totalitaria is any country... Uh, sorry, in this part, it's called the robotization of man. Totalitaria is any country in which political ideas degenerate into senseless formulations made only for propaganda purposes. It is any country in which a single group, left or right, acquires absolute power and becomes omniscient and omnipotent. Any country 
in which disagreement and differences of opinion are crimes, in which utter, utter conformity is the price of life. Totalitarian, the Le- Leviathan state, is the home of the political system we call uh, totalitarianism, of which systemized tyranny is a part. The system does not derive from any honest political philosophy, either social, uh, socialist or capitalist. Oh, hold on. Again, from different parts of the book, so that's why it's not all connected, by the way. The final surrender of the robot man. What happens to the common man in such a culture? How can we, how, how can we describe the citizen of a totalitarian? Perhaps the simplest answer to this question lies in the statement that he is reduced to a mechanical precision of an insect-like state. He cannot develop any warm friendships, loyalties, or allegiances because they may be dangerous for him. Today's friend may be, after all, tomorrow's enemy. Living in an atmosphere of constant suspicion, not only of strangers, but even of his own family, he is afraid to express himself, uh, lest the concentration camps or prisons swallow him up. The citizens of totalitaria do not really converse with one another. When they speak, they whisper first looking furtively uh, over their shoulder they're the inevitable spy. Their inner silence is, an, is in a sharp contrast to the official verbal bombardment. Hold uh, on a second. Where are we? In totalitaria, the citizen no longer knows the real core of his mind. He no longer feels himself an I or an ego, a person. He is only the object of official of official barrage and mental coercion. Having no personality of his own, he has no individual conscience, no personal personal morality, no capacity to think clearly and honestly. He learns by rote. Uh, he learns thousands of indoctrinated facts and inhales dogma and slogans with every breath he draws. He becomes an obedient pedant and pedantry makes people into something resembling pots filled with information instead of individuals with free, growing personalities. Sorry, I know it's a bit long-winded. I just thought it was good stuff. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, as I said, there's, it's, when was, um, was that from just the one book? Oh, yeah, this, I'm just, uh, I've got another couple, but it's um, basically... The whole book's worth reading, and to be honest, I'd love to sit and read for it all because it's just incredible. But I've just um, and just when, when were these written bit. roughly? Uh, this was written. This book was written in nineteen fifty six. Crazy. So it's, it's, yeah, in the height of the they kind of, you know how they they they're so relatable. Um, yeah, to, to where we are right now. One second. So just the last two. Um, hoping. This is the, um, okay, so it's, um, this one's called The Womb State. Totalitarianism is man's escape from the fearful realities of life into a virtual womb of the leader. The individual's actions are directed from this womb, from the inner sanctum, the mystic centre is in control of everything. And the, 
need no longer assume responsibility for his own life. The order and logic of the paternal world reign. There is peace and silence, the peace of utter submission. The members of the womb state do not really communicate. Between them there is silence, the silence of possible betrayal, not the mature silence of reticence or reservedness. Totalitaria increases the gap between the things one shows and communicates and the things one secretly dreams and thinks deep within oneself. It develops the artificial split-mindedness split mindedness of political silence. Whatever little remains of individual feeling and opinion is kept carefully enclosed. And one more. So this one is called The Strategy of Terror. The weapon of terror has been used by tyrants from time and memorial to make a meek instrument of man. In totalitarian, the use of this weapon is refined to science, refined to a science which can wipe out all opposition and dissent. Um, and this is the this is the one that I uh, yeah I think it's probably the, one of the best ones. There exist several milder forms of mass terror. For instance, the strategy of no political rest. In totalitarian, man is always caught up by some form of official planning. He is always conscious of control and surveillance, of spying, leering powers, lying in wait to chase him and punish him. Even leisure time and holidays are occupied by some official program, some facts to be learned, some political meeting, some parade. Quiet and solitude no longer exist. There is no time for meditation or pondering or reminiscing. The mind is caught in a web of official thinking and planning. Even the delights of self-chosen silence are forbidden. Every citizen of totalitarian must join in in the singing and the slogan shouting. And he becomes so caught in the constant activity that he loses the capacity to realise what is happening to him. Terror can almost never stop itself. It thrives on compliance and grows in a vacuum. Terror as a mass tool means a gradual transfer into terror as a goal. The terror is actually the self-defeating strategy. Man will ultimately revolt, even under an absolute dictatorship. When, when men have been reduced to puppethood by totalitarian, they will finally have become immune to all threats. The magic spell of terror will finally lose its force. First, the citizens of totalitarian will become dulled to the terror and will no longer consider even death a danger. There you go. I love it. Not in a good, not in a, uh, I love it, love it. As, but it's, as I said, it's so poignant to, to where we are. Um, well, I was reading through it and I just sat there just thinking to myself, you know, you, you read these, well, I read these books. Most people don't, but um, you sit there reading these books and you think to yourself, you're you're trying to educate yourself about different things and you're trying to kind of sharpen your mind up on how certain things work. But when you're reading it and you can literally apply it to reality in the here and now, that's, that's scary. And uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was reading through those things. It shows that there. I mean, this this um, this problem has existed for a long time. Um, and as you yeah. said, there's books written in the fifties and before that where um, 
you know, this, it has been this this prevailing notion that something isn't right, and this is frustrating. The I mean, I never wanted to live in the the culmination of all things. Um, I, I was really hoping that. I mean, I knew. I think we all knew it was going to happen, and there was going to be something that's going to happen. But I honestly didn't think it'd be in my lifetime. It was going to happen, um, and I never really thought that I would um, be jealous of people that are more at their in their twilight years, so to speak. Um, yeah. You know, my dad's. Uh, I think he's sixty-six or late sixties. But he's got his car, he's got his house paid off, he's, you know, got plenty of money in the bank. Um, and, you know, I don't think I'm 30, he's, you know, over double my age. I'm, I'm not particularly jealous of that, uh, regardless of the externals. You know, I have time to accrue those extra things. Um, but it's it's hard. It's really, really hard to to, to know that the uh, the ball and chain of, of debt and home ownership and pretty much everything moving forwards um as is there's still so much of it when someone else say it it's, doesn't really hold much weight i think he again his biggest concern is am i going to go on holiday and uh when and that's that's pretty much it um where i i, I feel like he's, it's, it's, uh, if, if my employer messaged me tomorrow and said oh we're letting you go because we you know just the, the money isn't there it wouldn't surprise me particularly. Um, and there is always that, that sort of, for anyone who isn't a very highly skilled uh, employee who has a, you know, a, a specific or a tradesman. Um, there's always that sort of Damocles hanging over um, right now more so than ever. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's really, really scary. But, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to go that way as well because they want to level the playing field and like they talk about equality and what equality means. And equality doesn't mean that everyone's going to be brought up to a, a, a relatively good standard of living. Mm. Equality means we're all to be dragged down to a really awful state of living. So, And it isn't, is it? I mean, there was uh, there, I just read about it earlier, um, and I don't know the specifics. So if you are listening, if you... Again, if you have a Google, you know more about the, the very specifics of it. Um, so I just know the generalize what happened. So the point I was going to make was that equality or their their telling of equality, how they steer it, it doesn't make us equal. It, just, it, it doesn't make us equal. It keeps the divisiveness going. It keeps pushing us apart. So the um, there was a Filipino man on the subway uh, and a black guy, and apparently the as the black guy was walking to get off the train, accidentally caught the the bag of the the filipino chap um they had a little like altercation watch where you're going and the black chap turned around uh, had a box cutter and started cutting up this guy slashed into his face i think he had to have about 100 stitches um and the media took hold of it and then there was a rally in america saying that it happened because and it's his basically white privilege um, and that chap would have never cut him up if he had a proper upbringing and it, again it all round it round to it's the white guy's fault um, that the black guy did it and not just saying, regardless of colour, this guy's an idiot. You know, this guy's a horrible person because why, why would you, you know, you've kicked someone's bag by accident, you'd be oh, sorry about that, that's the end of it. You wouldn't pull out a knife and start carving into their face. Um, it's, it's not a race issue, it's a, it's a person issue. Um, 
you know, so many people were saying it's there is if you look at areas that are impoverished, it doesn't matter what race or creed is in there, poverty is what essentially messes people up. Um, single parent homes is what messes people up. Um, it's not it's not race. Um, but yeah, well, I'm sure we we among many other things we need an episode on probably Antifa, Black Lives Matter, White Pro, all that just just junk. That'd be a good one to go through because it's more in your face now than it's ever been and it's definitely stepping up. Um don't know if you guys saw because it's just been in the news the last sort of 24, 48 hours. Um that Disney is it Disney Plus, I think their subscription service. Um they've put all these warnings, racism warnings and stuff on the Muppets TV show and uh disclaimers saying you might see this depicted in this program and it wasn't right then and it isn't right now and they're only airing certain programs and they're censoring them the same as they have done for lots of other tv programs um, and obviously the, in america they had the tearing down of a lot of statues and historic statues and the thing is we need to know about history um because history is the reason you don't do things again do you know what i mean is if you, if you think of hitler tearing down any statues, any artwork regarding Hitler, um, destroying his legacy, his history, anything like that, it doesn't teach going forward that this happened in history and these are hallmarks of things that we have to look out for going forwards. You know, our history has to be full of the, the good and the bad. Um, but, yeah, so definitely we'll touch another episode on that one because it's, um, it's so flagrant and in your face right now. Um I'll just whiz through a couple of the um, headlines of the week just before we sign off for the night. Um, this from the Daily Mail. And we mentioned this last week that if you get your vaccine and Bill Gates, oh, Bill Gates, has come out and said that now he thinks that we may need to have three jabs instead of two jabs um, because there's a whole bunch of variants now that are popping up, a whole bunch of mutations that are demonstrably, uh, uh, they're, they're immune to vaccinations. So they can sidestep them. So he said we might have to move two jabs to three jabs. Uh, you know, one mask to two masks to three masks. All that nonsense. Um, scientists have found a new super variant in Finland that shares mutations with the South African version um, and has been shown to make vaccines less effective. So that's a Daily Mail. Um, this boils my blood, even not being a father. Um, the tele Telegraph, vaccinate children as fast as we can to end disruption in schools, says sage scientists. Um, there's, there's a special place in hell reserved for these people um, who are well, going after the kids Amen We're going to create the Basil group aren't we? Yes we are going to create the Basil group Yeah, The, the Rosemary in time It's going to be Maybe. Yeah, yeah, It's going to be a combat to Sage where we're going to have uh, some actual practical advice yeah. uh, and maybe some, some information on cooking as well if there's time coriander Cor yeah we're ready for it <laughs> if the goalposts move so does the herb in question so we have to stay <laughs> agile um and keep ahead of it um bill gates warns the next pandemic is coming after covid19 and how we should stop it um i mean it's, it's my opinion at this stage and i think the guys are probably here or around this place um that and this is something that's been picked up a lot as well, and it's not obviously a new idea, but the the vaccines and how mRNA works will it will effectively 
um, prevent your cells from seeing viruses, so strains and mutations, as it has. So if you catch the flu and next year there's another different strain of mutation of flu, although you'll get that mutation, and it might be uncomfortable as flu, no, no one loves having flu, um, you'll more than likely survive it. And if it mutates again, you'll survive it next time and next time and next time because that's how your system works. You know, you have a, an immune system to catch it and then kill it uh, and then move on. Um, and that's why, the, the I mean, I've never had a flu jab in my life and never will. And for most people, they're completely irrelevant. Um, but yeah, for, for the plan is probably to get everyone vaccinated um, which people have said again is, is going to open you up to any mutations in COVID, any what they what they dub wild strains of coronavirus. Will then your cells will not know how to react to them. So it's not going to be the case that they inject you with this one mRNA jab. Um, it creates that, and then that's what happens. Your body is a is a closed system. You can't put things into it, and it just especially when we're talking about pharmaceutical grade drugs. You can't just pump something into it and it will just pump out again. It goes in and it stays in. Um, and that's the thing with this. When you get injected with this, it's not going to, it's going to tell your cells, right, create this virus, create this SARS-CoV-2 spike protein and then go back to how you always did it before. It's going to reprogram the cells. So when you get a wild coronavirus strain, you're re really not going to know, your cells are not going to know how to fight it you're effectively going to have wiped out your immune system. And then what happens when you do die of a new strain of coronavirus? They go, oh my God, it's a new one that's killed you. And it's so much more virulent. And we told you about this and we tried to protect you from it. And it's, it's, it's the easy way to kill millions and millions of people and, and, and blame it on a mutation, which is something that they're really putting in our minds a lot. So, you know, um, and to, to go with that straight after that, to go in line with that, Double trouble, says the sun. Uh, two coronavirus variants have merged to create a hybrid. Uh, the hybrid formed when the Kent and the Californian variants combined to infe uh, uh, by infecting one person at the same time. So there again, all we're hearing right now is mutations. We've got the Finnish one, the South African one, the Nigerian one, the Kent one. There are so many mutations that they're talking about right now. Coronaviruses don't mutate that often. That was one of the things that was said in the really early days when we were talking about vaccines. They said, well, luckily, coronaviruses are largely very stable. They don't have loads of mutations. They might mutate every decade or so, but they're not, they're not, as, you know, they're not as transmissible in terms of mutation as something like influenza is. Um, and now, all of a sudden, in, in a world's history, just like Trade Center 7, where they're, they're mutating like nobody's business. They just love changing their clothes constantly wherever they go. So... This one will maybe. Go on, Sorry, no, I was going to say maybe the one from Finland will finish us off. <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry. As a, Sorry. As a, <laughs> as an epic level dad joke that was. Find it out. Um, this one will probably cover a bit more maybe next week. Um, and maybe you guys have seen the video, but Morrison's were caught on video this week. Um, ejecting a customer from the store because he refused to wear a yellow sticker um, that said he was um, exempt, um, which was tone deaf. I've had a look on Morrison's Twitter because obviously the outrage is there and it's real. And Morrison's said, oh, this is an isolated incident. It's not our policy. Um, but other people have chimed in and said, yep, they're making us do it in our store as well. 
You know, you come in with the badge, they're like, can you wear the yellow sticker? I don't know where a little small yellow indicator of uh, discrimination has been existing in history before, but there you go. Um, Gov.uk, the government sets out a new plan to help build trust in use of digital identities. So they basically opened a, um, what do you call it, opened a discussion, apparently, with members of the public where they're having input from members of the public on what it would take to build their trust in a in a in a digital identity system which is disconcerting and probably the the biggest global um headline for the for, for the week and one of the worst ones we've probably heard in a while um the telegraph how israel is taking a stride i love this how israel is taking a stride towards freedom you could really end it there by saying ending lockdown or taking off masks um, with launch of vaccine passports. So um, Israel is now using a fully uh, Chinese-style, colour-coded red-yellow-green system for entering uh, gyms, pubs, swimming pools, places of leisure, cinemas, theatres, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's up and running. And I had a... Uh, I didn't hear nothing about this, nothing in, in, in kind of any... Uh, mainstream announcement um but googling it every single major publication is saying the same thing oh you know look at um israel um leading the fight in freedom pushing forward to freedom how is it freedom you know return to normal that's not a return to normal you know a tra- Double speed. yeah a traffic light system to walk into a store or go back to school or go back to work is not a return to normal and uh they're obviously jumping on this early to try and get it and it's always funny if you the rare few websites that do have comment sections. If you look in the comment sections, the comments are astronomically skewed to how tyrannical this is. So no one's falling for it whatsoever. No one feels liberated or free or inspired or hopeful by any of this. Um, it's not working at all. Even though they say, "Oh, this is great. We're all going back to normal." I don't want that normal. You know what I mean? I don't want to carry my phone around for me. They said, oh, you can have a piece of paper if you don't have a smartphone. So they've got you covered. But, um, yeah, it's uh, as I said, we'll definitely jump on because uh, the vaccine or immunity passports seem to be a thing that are up and down right now when I feel they're testing the waters. But this uh, announcement in Israel and the use of it um, is really concerning, uh, to say the least. Um yeah, I think we've got to wrap up now because we're right on the cusp of time. Um, but yeah, closing thoughts, guys. We spoke about a lot of this stuff in our second or third episode, didn't we? Well, when I was on, on China, about the QR code. Yeah, absolutely. This. I think I specifically mentioned a, a red, yellow yep. and green one in, a, in episode two of Chris. But yeah, we did. Yep. So there you go. We're not saying we're right. No, but we're it's right. just... There's a lot of coincidence. It's a coincidence, yeah. <laughs> coincidence, Bill. Yeah. And I think they pretty much put their plans out before they, they execute them. So that's uh, a lot of the things, that, a lot of the stories that we, you know, we've seen from last year um, are coming into fruition now. And, uh, yeah. They prepared. Yeah. The, the, the devil likes to play God where God has his prophecies and uh, he has his, his way of... Uh, prophesizing himself as a mockery but it's all good there's one place for for all these evil people 
when judgment comes and I can't judge. <laughs> that's why they're so desperate to stay alive indefinitely because they just they know where they're going. Definitely. That's, um, another thing as well, um, this robot, uh, the robots that are trying to create and put like, you know, the brain and robots to keep themselves alive as well for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. There's there's one judgment and it's coming. Yeah. And when it does come, we'll take the batteries out so they can, uh, we'll power them down. We'll get Bill Gates into a droid and then we'll just push him off of something. <laughs> I think that sounds, maybe Terminator, get him crushed in the uh, air. <laughs> Dropped into the lava, how about um, But yeah, that's us. Um, as always, thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll think of a, we'll think of a topic during the week. I said it might be a, a little bit more of this kind of like open um, format discussion because there's, there's, there's so much to discuss. Um, nothing's stationary right now. Nothing's standing still. So for us to pick a topic and you guys potentially miss a lot of what's going on, a lot of what you need to be aware about. Uh, we need to stay agile. We need to keep moving and stay on top of it. So it will it will possibly be another open kind of forum discussion like this. Um, so I hope you'll tune into that. But until then, wherever you are in the world, have a great evening. Um, look after yourselves. Definitely take care. Goodbye.